0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: This week on the Chicago Bears Review. After 16 games spread out over 50 shows, Larry D is now prepared to officially close the book on the 2015 season, but not before taking a look back at the year that was and what can be in 2016. Can this year be looked at as a success? And what will that look like in 2016? Ron Rugg from Footballers Americas joins us for the 2015 Year in Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. As they say, all good things must come to an end, and here we are for the season finale of the 2015 season of the Chicago Bears Review, our ninth of, you know, I want to say our ninth season on the air, whatever, however you want to call it, being a podcast and, and whatnot, but concluding uh, officially this the ninth season of the Chicago Bears Review, easily the most fun I've ever had doing the show. You hear me talk about this right at the very end uh, of the episode. Um, not that the show hasn't been fun for me over the years. Actually, one of the few reasons that I continue to do it. Um, but uh, bringing on the guests and bringing in people from other fan bases who share their passion, who, who share the same passion for their team that we share for ours, having them on the show, people that live and die with their team. I thought that brought a really great perspective uh, to the show and, and something that I look forward to doing uh, as we uh, as we move forward. Uh, with the show in season number 10. Hopefully that can be a very special season uh, for us on the field as well as off, um, you know, once we get that uh, that underway. Um, like I said, you'll hear me briefly talk about this at the end of the show. I don't know when I'm going to be back after this show uh, wraps up. Um, you know, we have free agency coming up, you know, with, with, with the NFL Network and ESPN and the 24-hour news cycle. The season never really seems to be far away there always kind of seems to be something going on that kind of keeps football in the uh in the stratosphere even during the uh off season you know you have the combine which is only about a month away if that you have free agency then you have the draft then ota startup and so on and so forth you know but obviously we know between now and kickoff sometime in september there's really only like two or three things worth talking about you got free agency you have the draft training camp then football so you know it's uh the off season's usually a big low for us uh, but I'm gonna do my best to uh, make sure that I don't disappear for very long you know I want to I want to uh, I keep at it because I like I said I've just had way too much fun. Uh, this year. So I'm going to try to see what reasons I can invent to come back. Maybe I'll have to take back my saying that this is the season finale. Maybe I'll try to uh you know wrangle up our divisional opponents uh you know from the from the AFC NFC West and and kind of do a round table discussion or something like that. Just some ideas I'm throwing out there. Don't hold me to it. I'll see what uh what I can uh what I can arrange. So uh but um, anyhow um, wasn't able to get Jeff Dickerson uh, back on the show this time around. Just weren't able to make it happen uh, with our schedules uh, uh, and such. So we brought in the next best thing, our good friend Ron Rugg uh, from Football is America. Um, just got done editing uh, the interview. Um, it was kind of a very loose form. We uh, really couldn't even call it an interview. It was more like uh, somebody just pointed microphones at us while we were on the phone talking uh, about the Bears because it's a very loose uh conversation uh bounces around bit from time to time doesn't have very much structure uh to it but it's a lot of information in there um the one thing that we didn't do and it probably for good reason because we lost 10 games but we didn't do a game by game breakdown it really was no need uh, to do anything like that you guys all know how the season uh turned out so we, we go back and we, we talk about the you know free agency the draft we do the bear up bear down list at the very end uh and so on so it's a good uh discussion Uh really uh enjoyable uh time that i had talking to run uh two bear fans just uh you know shooting the breeze talking about the season and what we'd like to see happen uh in 2016 the hope that we have for the leadership in the organization um ryan pace john fox uh, and so on and uh you know what we think the future will hold you know if things go uh, if the ball starts bouncing the chicago bear uh way so Real good discussion. We'll get to that in just a couple of minutes uh, here. Um, it was a, <laughs> like I said, had to do a bit of editing. It ended up being what I wanted to be, like a 30 to 45-minute discussion. It ended up being an hour and 25 minutes. I was able to shave it down to 107, so I'm going to wrap up this so the, the show doesn't get to be unbelievably too long. But, um, you know, it's the year in review, so there's a lot to cover. We we're talking about 17 weeks worth of stuff. But um, just a quick uh, couple of bullet things, Uh, much to our chagrin, Adam Gase is no longer the offensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears, was hired on um, as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, so the good news there being that we won't have to see Adam Gase up close and personal until A, we play him in the Super Bowl, or 2018 when the Bears play the AFC East again, whichever happens first. um, He... Didn't take any assistance with him. He took one assistant. Clint Hurt, uh, who was our last year was the assistant defensive line coach, was our outside linebackers coach. This year he follows uh, Gase out to Miami. He's native to the area, so it's kind of a homecoming uh, for him. Otherwise, Gase did not, uh, didn't uh, pick at the um, coaching staff. Uh, Dole Loggins, as was one of the worst-kept secrets in football, Our quarterbacks coach, one of Jay Cutler's favorite people in the organization, was promoted to offensive uh, coordinator. So according to Pace, according to Fox, uh, and so on, nothing is going to change as far as the offense Uh, is concerned we still we're still going to implement the system that adam Gase was running dole Loggins will just be the guy calling the place uh this time around so um don't expect a big departure or you know uh, it's not going to be a team that has to relearn a brand new offense because there's a new offensive coordinator the offense is in place we just got a new guy calling the place uh is all there is so and somebody who's already within the organization so no real transition or anything will be needed which i think will be huge for jay um you know not needing to learn a brand new offense and and so on and so forth so uh the other big news uh that took place was that uh kyle long actually uh you know we were saying that the bears didn't have anybody make the pro bowl first time since 98 now that's no longer true kyle long was an alternate uh for the pro bowl and was promoted to the pro bowl roster when jason peters the offensive tackle from the philadelphia eagles um due to injury, was not able to play. So Kyle Long does make his third Pro Bowl in three NFL seasons, so he will uh, represent the Bears uh, in Honolulu uh, the week before the Super Bowl. So big uh, big congratulations to Kyle Long. Three for three so far, the first in Chicago Bear history uh, to be able to uh, – to do so so congratulations to kyle long and then finally to wrap things up here before we get to the interview uh, as promised for the last four weeks our spread the word challenge to see who will win those uh, official chicago bear review posters designed by yours truly and as should be no surprise to anyone our two winners, Eric McCubbin and Tim Uncle Bear Sanchez, were the winners uh, by a pretty wide margin. Uh, I want to thank everyone for playing. You guys all did awesome uh, getting the word out there and uh, you know spreading the word of the Chicago Bears review to any Bear fans who weren't listening that need to be, damn it, need to be listening to my show because it is the best Chicago Bears podcast out there. And uh, congratulations to Tim and Eric. I already have plans to meet up with Eric, who actually lives in the same area uh, as myself. So we're meeting up to get him his uh, poster. Tim just has to get me his uh, address and which style of the two posters that you want. You can see those on the uh, Facebook page, which of the two that he wants, so I can get that sent out to him uh, as soon as possible. So. Those are the the brief announcements that we had there uh, at the beginning, and the rest will be covered by myself uh, and Ron Rugg as we sit down, you know, sit back, nice cup of hot cocoa for those of you in the frozen temperatures. I think the high out here in the Quad City area is uh, 12 uh, today, so yeah need some hot cocoa and a blanket maybe over the feet that kind of thing sit back relax and enjoy myself and Ron Rug discuss the discussing what was in 2015 and what could be in 2016 in this year's year in review And back once again to help us out with the year-end review. Going to be joining us for the majority of the show from Football is America. Third time on the show. Third time's a charm, run. Ron Rugg from Football is America. Welcome back to the <laughs> Chicago Bears Review.
0: Well, thanks. You make it sound like I, I wasn't good the first couple times. No, you were awful. And, <laughs> and
1: it's you know only out of necessity that we have you back. You're a terrible human being. So All right. Just, well, uh, I- you know, you
0: know, I will take that as praise from you. Yes. Larry. Just 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 <laughs> do
1: better this time, damn it. Okay. My, All right. I'll I'll try. <laughs> so, Ron, the 2015 season, um you know, it's 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 a it's going to be a weird one that people talk about especially the further we get away from it. Um because going into the season, it was for those of us who were thinking straight, um we're thinking that Based on what we saw in 2014, all we want to see in 2015, the realist has to think that what we want to see more than anything is improvement and competition and competitiveness, you know, a fight in the team compared to the lame duck squad they put on the field at the end of 2014 uh, especially. Maybe it won't translate into wins and losses this year. Maybe it's something we're a year or two away from. Based on that, you would have to say 2015 was a success, because after the shutout loss to Seattle in week number three and the, the loss in Minnesota towards the end of the season, we were in every game, win or loss.
0: Yeah, I think um, you, you look at what they what they were the last two seasons, and I think we we talked about this the first time I think you had me on when we kind of did the preview show. Yeah. And uh, I think we were both under these. So I thought that their record would be, would be much worse. I think we all kind of did, and mm-hmm. I was not nearly as excited for the season as you were. <laughs> um, but they ended up—they ended up being way. When you say they were into it, when they were in the games, way more, and they were way more competitive. That's kind of an understatement. When you look at what these same players, for the most part, were feeling at the end of the season. Yeah, the way that they played at the end of the season of 2014, the the blow up in the locker rooms, the. Just showing up—that's what they were doing, and they came out and played. They actually played. They wanted to be there. They wanted to play football, and I think that started from the top down. Yeah, the hiring the getting John Fox in there to unify the locker room—that's what he does best. Getting bringing in Adam Gase and his guys to to see if they can right the ship when it comes to Jay Cutler. They did that. The big things that I said would be the downfalls of them—they corrected. I said the only way they win, the only way that they're competitive, is if they correct these things. And they corrected almost all of them. Now, the defense obviously still leaves a lot to be desired. Right. Um, you have a lot of issues there. But I think that's more of they were playing the cards they were dealt. Yeah. Rather than scheme or fit or anything like that. They they, are, they shifted from a 4-3 to a 3-4 and played, I thought, decently well. They are still middle of the pack defensively.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so, just just think, Ron. If we had this middle of the pack defense in 2013 when we had the best offense in the NFL outside of Denver's historic offense, we'd have been a playoff team. Hell, we'd have made a deep run with a mediocre, you know, middle of the road defense and the best offense in football.
0: Exactly. And you if you're a Bears fan uh, and we we know them, Larry, the ones that stuck by Mel Tucker after they decided to keep him on for another year. <laughs> and who were the apologists? Who stood by him? Who stood by Mark Trussman's decision to keep him? Um, you you have to sit back now and wonder how how it was not at least that good, at least this good when he was there. Yeah, I mean at, at, during that time frame, Peppers left, mm-hmm. Tillman's left, yep. and the defense was still middle of the pack this year with people like Shea McClellan being the play caller
1: hmm Yeah.
0: So you have Jay you had Jay Ratliff who barely played until what about middle of season? Uh and he
1: came in like week four.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then you have uh Eddie Goldman out there who comes comes in fresh, rookie, sits sits right down and starts playing. You get Adrian Amos, just starts playing. Stud. Yeah, I mean, you if there's one thing that I said we absolutely had to have is we had to have a a front office who knew what the Packers and the Patriots were doing right. And I think that they've gotten that. And I'm excited to see what happens with the draft picks that they have this coming season.
1: Yeah, no, I I definitely uh, agree with that. And and to go back to your point about the defense, uh, I was reading uh, some stuff online. Uh, I think it was an article actually that Jeff Dickerson uh, wrote. And one of the comments that he made was that – we we maxed out the talent that we did have, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think where our offensive shortcomings came from was a, a mixture of of play calling, you know, at times, especially in the red zone. But the fact that you and, and I were talking about this just before we started recording was that the we never had a healthy offense on the field ever this year like the, the the 11 best players that we wanted at the beginning of training camp never took the field with each other in 2015
0: exactly I think when you say it's a mixture of of injury and play calling I think a lot of it has to do with injury
1: more yeah, than play well, for calling. sure I think I think well because your injuries are going to limit your play calling right exactly
0: and you're not going to know what's going to work with the talent that you have left over right and everything looks great in practice Everything always looks great in practice because it's practice. Yeah,
1: ask Mark Trestman. Yeah, I'm like everything how, looks great in practice. How many times did I want to rip the head right off that guy's shoulders? Well, we had a great week of practice. I have no idea what happened out there. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, you you always look great in practice when you're going against air, you moron. And then you get out there against <laughs> actual people, and the human factor kicks in, and like all of a sudden, oh, I don't know why that's not working. So,
0: I, well, I, if the the one thing when you're talking plague calling that happened this. Years, I thought they got a little too predictable. Yeah, in their play calling. I think defenses, and I think the games that the Bears were very competitive in leading up into up to that Thanksgiving game against the Packers, I thought are very informative when you compare them to the games that came after. Yeah, because leading up to that, those were the Bears playing competitively and making teams sweat it out. Whereas on the back end, those were the. Games the Bears were playing competitively, competitively, but we're just always the little brother behind the other team,
1: right? Yeah.
0: So, um, there there was obviously a lot that went into some of the losses the Bears had, but when you look at the losses before that that game and the losses after, I I think it was teams started figuring out what they were going to do to stop the Bears after that game, and it started working. For a lot of them, and I think the injuries piling up uh, definitely made you know that was a big part of it. Matt Forte and Martellus Bennett and Jeffrey, and not having Marquise Wilson, not having Eddie Royal. I mean, you got to people got to remember. I mean, they, they were playing with guys off practice squads from other teams. Yeah. I mean, on well, I think
1: our our starting wide receiving core for the last game against Detroit was Josh Bellamy, Mark Mariani, and uh, Cameron Meredith. Those were the top three guys we had. In the wide receiving core, because Jeffrey was out, Eddie Royal was out, Marquise Wilson was out. That's one, two, and three going into the season. So we had four, five, and six were our were are the guys that were that took the field that final Sunday against Detroit, and we still should have won that game.
0: Definitely, I, I and you know what my thoughts are when it comes to certain players, and we'll get to that later.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, and this is going to sound weird, especially coming from me, just because of how much I have. Uh, not been an apologist and not been in his corner and I said it I think a few times uh, especially in uh, on your fan page was uh, there were many points this season where instead of it being the other way around like it normally was yeah. the team let Jay Cutler down I thought this year nobody could have done as good of a job with what he had outside of four or five guys than what Jay Cutler did. Yeah. Easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, everybody's going to make the argument, oh, Aaron Rodgers could do that, or Peyton Manning could do that, or Tom Brady could do that. I'm telling you, there's there's few. It's a few and far between yeah, list. It's
1: it's definitely a short list that would have been able to do what Jay did with, with the tools that he had.
0: And eliminate his mistakes from yeah, previous seasons. Yeah, on top
1: of it. Yeah, you're right.
0: I mean, he had if I went back and I actually compiled a stat for you for this, it was, I didn't have a ton of time, but I put together a couple of stats, uh, of his, of his interceptions, 80% were receiver error. Hmm. Whether they ran the wrong route, they quit on their route or they let the ball hit them in the hands or in the chest. And it was a popped ball, a tipped ball, whatever.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. 80% of his interceptions were receiver error. Um, Unfortunately, because of his reputation, people are, are never going to see that way. Right. See it that way with him. Uh, ben Roethlisberger can go out and throw four interceptions; the Steelers still win. No one cares. Right. If the Bears went out and he threw and Jay Cutler threw four interceptions, even if the Bears won, everybody would still be talking about his four picks.
1: Yeah, they're going to harp on that. Yeah.
0: So I, and it, so to me, honestly, the offense was incredibly successful, given the limitations they had. I thought that the defense did make many, many, many leaps and bounds uh, as comparative to the last couple of years. Not nearly, in my opinion, as good as what the offense was able to do with wet paper out yeah. there on the football field.
1: So I mean, that's that's why I kind of you know even I, I, you still kind of have to view the year as as a success. We have building blocks in place. The rookie class that we brought in, uh, you know, the two guys we had four we had six picks four guys played the two that that didn't didn't take you know the two guys that were didn't contribute didn't play a snap this year our first round pick kevin white and our sixth round pick teo fabuluje was more of a you know was i don't think he was even active for a game this year but the guys that were active that played you know all made an impact one way or the other they cracked the starting lineup where they were you know impact players uh you know, throughout the year. So, I mean, those are building blocks that we have, not to mention guys like Jonathan Anderson and, and John Timu, um, you know, that we brought in, uh, uh, Carol jones Corte, the, the safety, that uh, were, were undrafted rookie free agents that all started games and contributed uh, for the Bears uh, uh, as well. So, I mean, I think that on the defensive side especially, we just kind of ran out of gas towards the end of the year.
0: I don't think it was necessarily gas. I think it's just talent.
1: Yeah, well, that, that's what I meant as far as the talent. I think we just absolutely maxed it out, um, and and it, and it went as far as it as it could. And then you know those last five games, which we thought were gonna were going to be the easiest part of the schedule, ended up being a disaster because of that.
0: Right, and you brought up Jonathan Anderson and uh, um, Timu, Timu as yeah. well, and those two guys. I think if and I know we're, we'll get to that later, but those two guys, I just uh, words can't express how impressed I was with their play heading into the back end of the season. I mean, and Jonathan Anderson's even at the beginning, you know, the interception that wasn't against Detroit. Um, I mean, he had he had some quarterbacks' numbers. I mean, and everybody talked about Telvin Smith and how he played for um, Jacksonville this year, right? Jacksonville, yes, and uh, he was. If Jonathan Jonathan Anderson could easily be the same kind of guy, and just he's fast, he tunes into the quarterback very quickly, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the starter next year. And I wouldn't be surprised if Timu's a, a, a starter, at least at at worst rotational. Yeah, and uh, I think what the Bears honestly need is they just need that little bit of flash. They just need that the those one or two key guys. To build around, and I think when you get those playmakers in there, whether it be pass rusher, whether it be coverage guy, maybe they can get themselves um, a sa- a veteran safety that is maybe just a little past his prime, but is still very good that can bring Amos up. Um, you get, I, I think you ha- you have a lot of talent, young talent there that people I think are underestimating a little bit because everybody says, well, the talent just wasn't there. The talent's there. I just think that they're missing a few key pieces leadership-wise to get them where they need to go.
1: Yeah. So I mean, the, this is going to be a very big offseason for Ryan Pace and, and and John Fox to to I mean, cuz it's it's critical. This I mean, this offseason is practically more important than last offseason was because there was there was a, a huge margin of error coming in, especially once the announcement was made that we were changing schemes on the defensive side of the ball. You know that that gave them a little bit of slack as far as you know expectations going into the year. You bring in Fangio, we're gonna change this up. We're gonna be turning defensive ends into outside linebackers, and history shows that that's not always the the you know the key to success in everything. Lamar Houston, Willie Young made the adjustment. Jared Allen couldn't, and we shipped him out to uh, Carolina. uh, You know, after about three or four weeks of that, not. working out so i mean if we if we can have another offseason like we had last year we make a few key free agent signings and according to pace we're uh you know which is kind of sounds like a bummer because i i'd like to see what the bears maybe could do with a guy like von miller but according to pace we're going to spread out that 60 million in cap space as opposed to making a splash and spending it all on one guy i think that's the right move i do too
0: i think if you look at what has built successful teams, consistently successful teams, that's what they do. They get guys that fit their scheme, that don't cost them a ton of money, and you're going to have some teams that are able to somehow find a way to fit a guy in, even though he costs a lot. To me, Josh Norman would be a very interesting...
1: Yeah, the cornerback from Carolina.
0: That would be a very interesting one to bring in if you could put him opposite. uh, Especially because he could come from carolina after we after they signed Tillman <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh co- go to the bears and be opposite um opposite i just lost his name out of my head um the uh, rookie uh, the guy that was a la- rookie last year um corner that the bears <laughs> have right now Fuller. i can't think Fuller. fuller thank you i Jeez. couldn't think
1: of his name either that's so, <laughs> man I, I swear to god i wasn't letting you struggle i was like what is his name i don't i was remember. like he's hanging out
0: to dry hardcore oh, right now Kyle uh, fuller. Kyle fuller, Kyle yes. fuller. Uh, um so he uh having both those guys up op- one opposite the other one coverage one press would be very interesting yeah. i think um pass rush should be a very big priority Absolutely. for them yep and uh if they're going to stick with this 3-4 base, because they play more of a base than they do any kind of blitz packages or anything. They have some specialty type stuff, but for the most part, they played a base defense most of the season.
1: You think that's maybe why we didn't blitz more, because we don't have the playmakers to get to the quarterback like that?
0: I I believe so. I think that they uh, there was a lot of talk this year about how the Bears didn't take any risks on defense. They weren't going... And they weren't going after the pass rusher. They were well, I mean, kind of because letting...
1: that's what Fangio did in San Francisco. But he had the horses to do it in San right. Francisco. Right. Everybody
0: talks about how he made the defense there. Let's let's be honest. He had some of. I mean, he had some guys there that were already ready to do what he needed them to do.
1: Right. And yeah.
0: here he doesn't. And he played conservatively. That's true. Since Brian Urlacher has left, yeah. And even even those last few years that Brian Urlacher was there, the Bears have had major. Major over the middle coverage problems has been the same every year. They have two spots on the football field that they just do not put people in to cover. If you're an, if you're an opposing offense, you know that five yards past the defensive line to 15 yards past the defensive line, and directly in between the numbers is open. They yeah. did it. To, teams did it to the Bears all year. If you can get yourself a Clay Matthews, a J.J. Watt or uh, any number of other outside linebackers that can play both the three or the four technique for them. Like,
1: uh, like a Cameron Wake or something like that?
0: Yeah. If they can find somebody like that, that and then they can also still draft themselves, because I think that would be the key. If, I, if it was me, I would go after that kind of a guy in free agency, and I would draft me my inside linebackers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was uh, you know gonna bring that up. With the, you know, as we probably know by now, the Bears are picking eleventh in the first round uh, this year, and I've seen about three or four different mock drafts uh, from three or four different sources. Mel Kuyper, the draft guru himself, released his first one, I believe, yesterday, and has the Bears taking um, uh, inside linebacker uh, Reggie Ragland from Alabama. In other uh, on other mock drafts, I've seen Miles Jack from UCLA, and the inside linebacker from Notre Dame that got hurt uh, in the Ohio State bowl game. So, but all inside linebackers has been the theme of anyone doing a mock draft for the Bears lately.
0: It when it comes to the draft, lots of picks. I mean, how many picks do they have this year? Do you know? Um,
1: okay. Well, we have we have the full slate, and we have I think what two extra. Six-round picks for Bostic and uh, – uh, what's his name? Allen.
0: And they have a fifth-round pick for Brennan Marshall.
1: No, we use that.
0: Oh, that was the year before. That was That's a 2015 right. pick. Yep. Okay. Um, I was just looking to see how many so, they have.
1: I think we have nine. I think we have nine picks because the full slate would be seven plus the two extra six-rounders would give us nine.
0: Ten so. with uh, Jared Allen. Okay. With the Jared Allen pick. All right. So there's there we go. So 10, they have 10 picks. Ryan Pace is
1: so he's already got four more chances than he had last year.
0: Yes. To make it even better. I mean, you, you, the the late round guys, uh Amos, Langford, mm-hmm. um those guys ended up being the two of the biggest contributors on the defense yeah. or on uh, or on the team. On the team and period. then uh, yeah. On the team, and then Eddie Goldman became a great contributor to the defense to the point where they were just like, "See ya, Jay Ratliff. We don't need you. Thanks." And it it if he can reproduce what he did in the draft this year versus last year, I think it's going to be very. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. That last year, the the Bears got an A minus grade in the draft. I don't believe, or I can't see anything that leads me to believe that it wouldn't be. The same, if not better, this year, given what they have to work with.
1: Right, and I and I think that um, you know Ryan Pace had had a great philosophy on approaching just the off in general. You you use free agency as a tool so that you can take the best player available in the draft, and that's what he did. Last year, we needed help with the pass rush. We needed a safety and we needed help with with, uh, you know, wide receivers with Brandon Marshall being gone. We needed a, a compliment to Alshon Jeffrey. And then we went into the draft and, yeah, we needed a replacement for Brandon Marshall. So Kevin White as the top pick was a need, but he was also the best player available at that time. Then in the second round, we went and got Eddie Goldman. Yeah, well, we need a nose tackle. So that kind of filled both. Then when we got to the third round, you see Hironis Grasu. Okay, so that makes sense, I guess. And then Jeremy Langford, and then Adrian Amos is like, okay, he's definitely doing best player uh, available. And that philosophy worked in spades for the Bears this year.
0: Yeah, and when you look at what, what he did with uh, Goldman, the Bears needed to find a way to anchor a defense in transition. They did that with Goldman. And White, like you said, just the best player that was up on the board. I think the Grasu one was one of the ones I ended up liking the most in the end. I yeah. know that he had his struggles this year. What rookie center doesn't, especially when yeah. thrown into the fire the way that he was. I was never a huge fan of the Will Montgomery signing. You remember that from the very beginning of the year. yeah. And I said that Grasu had better be ready because he's going to be playing and i think they their intention was to work him in at guard some this year and they ended up not being able to do that they had to they had to play him at center yeah. and uh like you said uh Amos that i think he can be one of the most improved players next year in the nfl
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think if if he's able to if they're able to build upon what he did this year and um get a giant return and just in exponentially going into training camp, coming out of training camp, as long as he stays healthy, that is a guy that he has all of the talent. He just needs refining. He yeah. just needs uh, leadership. He just needs to somebody to sit down and say, okay, in these situations you will do this, in these situations you will do that. I mean, he is a guy that just needs um, fundamentals based on the scheme. It is mm-hmm. not a talent issue with almost any of these players, but especially him.
1: Yeah, he could be, he could be Mike Brown.
0: Easily, yeah, better. He could I think. be a Mike Brown guy.
1: Uh, I think he could be for sure. better. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, th- this is the kind of guy that I think, in, if he, if all plays out right, and we, you know, I could completely be whiffing on this, but if all plays out right, from what I saw this season, he could be a guy that in two or three years is a defensive anchor. Mm-hmm. He is the guy that he is your Brian Dawkins. He is your uh, Ed Reed. He okay. is your he is your guy back there that. Your uh, your Troy Polamalu, you know, before the very end there, of course, but uh, mm-hmm. the guy that can time the snaps, the guy that can that can read the quarterback to perfection from 25 yards or 25 yards away, you know, the the one that baits quarterbacks into throwing the ball to him. I think mm-hmm. he could do all that. It's just it's gonna be this off will tell us if that's going to be possible right yeah. here, this yeah. one right here. We'll know next season if he doesn't take a huge step forward. Like I think he will, then we'll know that he's going to be more like, like you said, going to be right on the Mike Brown level. But I think he has the talent to go way beyond that.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think even even from the very beginning, uh, it was either John Fox or Ryan Pace. I think it was Fox actually. That was, you know, that said they were prepared to take him in the second round, and ended up still being able to steal him in the fifth. Like he he thought, I think going into into OTAs and such like that, that Amos was the steal of the draft for them. Like this was a guy that they had a second round grade on, and somehow they were still able to get him in the fifth round after they, you know, um, you know filled other other uh, wants or needs going, you know, in the third and fourth rounds.
0: And that's what Um, I was. That's what I was trying to get at with um, making sure that you don't let somebody's history, somebody's past, cloud your judgment on a player talent-wise. And we're going to – I'm a big advocate for building an offensive line through the draft. And I know that you have to spend a little bit of money some places, but so far the Bears have been trying to build their offensive line through free agency, and it has not worked out well. The best best offensive line in football, Larry, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas
1: Cowboys, yeah. Three number one picks on that line.
0: Yep. And, and a, get- a
1: guy, and a guy who should have been a number one pick, yep. But because his personal life became, Public. you know, something on America's Most Wanted, all of a sudden, um, you know, incorrectly and, at that. Yeah. On top of it all, Layal Collins, who was a surefire first-round pick, went undrafted. And I was, I was like, w- why didn't we sign him? Why didn't we go out there and get him? We need a tackle. We need, we need, we need help on on the offensive uh line and then of course dallas scoops him up it's like oh okay great and then the, the, <laughs> there's
0: adding to their adding to their pedigree <laughs> yeah
1: it's like yeah because they need help on the offensive line obviously uh in dallas watching him uh go out there yeah just ridiculous the line that they have <laughs> but you but you know the point you're making is you know those are guys that they all drafted mm-hmm. you know and an undrafted rookie free agent you that know, they probably would have drafted yeah, most likely. Uh, somebody yeah.
0: would have drafted, but uh, I, th- I'm just a big advocate. There's a lot of things that I believe in building through the draft. Um, I believe inside linebackers, um, inside defensive linemen. I I think uh, safety to a point, and then um, I think corner to a point. But when it co- I'm talking defensively only, I think that a a lot of times, your pass rushers should be free agents—guys who have proven that they are—they are a pass rusher.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Because I think there's just too many hits and misses on pass rushers. I mean, you look at Jadavion Clowney, not who has who played decently this season. Granted, injury issues, and he's come back from that. Not nearly the, the player that they needed him to be.
1: Or how about for the Dolphins, Dion Jordan? They yeah. they moved up what like 11 spots from like 14 to three to pick him. And he has been an absolute bust.
0: For yeah. Them. So you, I I think there's just certain things you take in the draft defensively and ones you should steer clear of completely in the draft unless they are the number one guy in the country at their position. Yeah. I mean, if, if they are the number one, and I'll extend that to number two, if they're the number one or the number two guy in the country, pass rusher-wise, you go after them. But for me, what I'm hoping to see from the Bears when it comes draft time is – Inside linebacker, or uh,
1: probably offensive say
0: line. probably offensive line. Yeah, I, I would have to say. I, uh, hopefully, a guard or a tackle, and we'll talk about like you said, we'll talk about the Kyle Long thing, and there's a reason why I say a guard or tackle. And um, but I was looking at your list actually here, Larry, of the free agents leave that are possibly leaving the Chicago Bears, right? And I just wanted to know if you, you want to touch on that. Just yeah. a little bit. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Matt, just,
1: just to go through them real quick, we got mm-hmm. Matt Forte, Alshon Jeffrey. Those are the big two. Mark Mariani, Zach Miller, Will Montgomery, Vlad Ducasse, Mitch Unrein, Sam Acho, Shea McClellan, Tracy Porter, Alan Ball, and, and Patrick Omeme is a restricted free agent. Now, after Alshon Jeffrey and, and Matt Forte, and actually probably about Mariani and Zach Miller, the rest of those guys after that are all, you know, they were all on one year deals so they're most likely, you know, not coming back for a second. Uh guys like Montgomery and Ducasse and and Unrein and Acho, you know, these are guys that are kind of like placeholders for whoever the Bears want to bring in next uh kind of thing, you know, first year for pace and uh and so on. So but um you know That's well, I don't I don't see
0: the the people I can definitely see not coming back. Montgomery's definitely not coming back. Right. Um He and granted, it's unfortunate injuries happen, but given his history with injuries and given the fact that the Bears are going to be unimpressed with the fact that they had to cover for him so early in the season, yeah, they are not going to be bringing him back. I think Dukas, he had flashes of being at least formidable on offensive line, but he let a lot of things go Mm -hmm. and uh, was. I won't. I'm, I'm not going to ever say that he was the reason that they lost games, but he. Jay Cutler paid the price for some of his, some of his play mm-hmm. this year. And so I could see. And I think he was a, a guy they brought in because of injury. They needed another person to bring in because of injury. And then he ended up playing because of more injury. Yeah. And Mitch Unryan, I actually like Unryan. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I he too. uh I think that's somebody who just is still looking for his place mm-hmm. and what his actual job should be. I think he's very interesting and rotationally, if you can get him for cheap, I would hang on to him. Right. Just because I think he'd be real great in that rotation. And uh, I, Sam, I kind of
1: like you were I think you were about to say that about Sam Acho too. I kind of exactly, put yeah. him in in the same category. I think he really loved being in Chicago. This year, I mean, he played so well in the preseason, and the Bears cut him when he came down with that, with that illness that was kind of going through the team, and people lost their minds. I was one of when them. We cut, yeah, you were when they when they cut Acho, and then of course they brought him back once he was finally healthy again. You know, so everybody was able to just relax after that happened. But you know, I think he is kind of one of those quiet favorites in Chicago. Um, was kind of the number three guy behind you know, Houston Lamar, McPhee and, and, and stuff like that. He's uh he wasn't always on the field, but uh one that kind of who did a good job of making the most of the time that he did have on the field.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm actually interested to see uh how he what, what well where they'll play him at. Like I honestly thought that he would have been best if they were gonna blitz. That that's that's a great spot for him to be if they're gonna if they're gonna do blitz packages, which is what they'll do with, with Fangio, why not have him and McPhee one side and the other, just because if they're going to rush five, I mean, Ocho has the ability to do that either side of the football. So does McPhee So really, you, you, it's just take your pick. I I really like him. I was I was of course very upset when they when they got rid of him. I I think I uh, <laughs> I think I talked about it on our show about five straight minutes about how stupid it was <laughs> that they let him go and. um and I think I think the big part was that I said they kept they let Sam Acho go and they kept Shane McClellan and I just don't understand and I, I we've said it and that's the, another guy you got on your list and hopefully they've learned their lesson by now and it's done. I hope that this is it. I hope that they are tearing that page of the book out. They're wadding it up. They're lighting it on fire. They're swallowing it. Like I just mm-hmm. I hope that it's gone forever. That Shea McClellan era should be done. I. I know that he had some very good things that happened. He had I think at one point he led the NFL in tackles for a little while and uh it was I don't know if it was I think it was a, a week or two. It was way better than what we thought it was, like you said. But I just can't see him sticking around for what they need at that position unless they're going to keep him on maybe special teams if they can get him for cheap, but I just uh
1: no, I I I just don't honestly I I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Um, Tracy Porter is interesting. Um, I think they should keep him for
0: sure. I I don't don't think there's any – there's no reason to let him go, especially because he's going to give you the old player discount Mm -hmm. so that he doesn't have to move. Yeah. I think that's in itself – I thought he played very well. I think that he kind of got the shaft on some pass interference calls this year. Oh, yeah. But I think if you're gonna t- take him, if you're gonna talk about him or Allen Ball, I'm gonna take Porter.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, easily.
0: So, uh, yeah. and then you're offensively you're talking Matt Forte. I think we are we're all in agreement. He's probably gone after watching Langford play this year, mm-hmm. and in a sole role, it's not. This isn't like a lot, I heard, I saw some com- some comparison. Um, conversation of this is going to be a situation just like when Thomas Jones left and they put Cedric Benson in charge, and oh, I was like, God. no, no, it's no, no it's way. not. It's not no. even close. It's not even the same. It's not the same scheme. It's not the same type of player. The the league has changed since then. I said it's not even. It's not even close to what. J-. And so I dispel that right now. Matt Forte, Jeremy Langford is Matt Forte's replacement, not a different running back. Yeah, he is going to come in and do what Matt Forte did, just at a younger age. Alshon Jeffrey, I know that you don't know what you have in Kevin White.
1: Yeah, and 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 because of that, I think letting Jeffrey go leaves too big a hole to be filled. You True, know what I mean,
0: but he's going to demand a lot of money.
1: Well, and that's why God invented the franchise tag. So I mean, you, I mean, and if I know it's it's it, I know the players hate it, and if I was a player, I'd probably hate it too. But in this case how can you offer at jeffrey anything but the franchise tag at right. this point after the year that he had yep you know the, the uh, you know a one year guaranteed top 5 deal is the best that i think both sides should hope for in this outcome is that jeffrey plays and proves that a he can stay healthy that he can produce like he always has i mean he had great games this year when he was he healthy did, yes. enough to play he had great games and, and that's kind of why this is, it's such a torn argument. You know, he, he had great games. He, he showed who he was the, the, you know, when he was out there. And the people on the pro-Jeffrey side are saying, well, that's why we should give him what he wants and bring him back. But then we played, in, in total, 20 games this year. Jeffrey only played in nine of them. Right. So, you know, we need way more than that from Alshon Jeffrey if we're going to make a long-term commitment to him. I don't think he's earned it yet.
0: No. And I think that if you're saying it's the smartest thing, and I absolutely agree. So I think you know where I stand a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, then
1: you got guys like Mark Mariani and Zach Miller. Uh, Zach Miller, I thought, was outstanding uh, this year. He'll be Uh, the reason
0: that Martellus Bennett should be gone from the football team but will not be gone from the football team.
1: Probably not. But, I mean, because but that's – and we'll see what, what Martellus Bennett will be next year if he's got a brain in his head and he's he's he i believe him to be a smart guy if he's got a brain in his head he'll keep his head down and just play football Mm -hmm. next year but will he and his personality allow that to happen because he's also the guy that loves the sound of his own voice and he loves to be in front of a a camera you know he and his brother both you know will he uh, will that allow that because he's he's got one year left and is he going to make enough of an ass of himself to turn other teams off from signing him or will he keep his head down, play football, produce like he has in the past, and move on?
0: And force the Bears to spend money Yeah, to keep him. Or yeah. other teams to spend money to get him. I think Zach Miller is going to pan out way more than what people think. I think Martell Spinett will play his last year, and that will be it. Right. And uh, Zach Miller will be the transition point there. Mark Mariani, that is a guy that I was never really high on, mostly because of his special teams play. Mm -hmm. and the decisions that they made putting him on special teams. Yeah. But in a receiver role...
1: Yeah, as a special teamer, I do not want Mark Mariani back. No. I don't. I mean, he was—he obviously was way better than what the Bears had when we signed him to be our punt returner. He was a breath of fresh air compared to the dumpster fires that we had out there. Right. But it's obvious that he's not a playmaker on special teams. He's not the special guy. He shouldn't be our punt returner. But... The way that he emerged this year and how he became Mr. Reliable, especially towards the end of the season. I mean, he had 80 yards on six catches in the game against Detroit. Mm-hmm. That's the guy that I want back for next year.
0: Exactly. Slot receiver, Wes Welker style play. He plays mm-hmm. it perfectly. Yeah, He does it great. And if he can develop that reputation with Jay Cutler, I think that that could easily become a household connection.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and this was a guy that didn't make small receptions no this year anytime that he made a catch it was you know 10 you know 8 10 it was always for first downs always for big chunks of yardage you know always in the middle of the field and all that kind of stuff and he fought for him yeah and he did he did and so i mean and it
0: wasn't like we're not talking like jay cutler threw the ball 60 yards through the air to him jay cutler threw the ball to him five yards away and he turns that into a 20 yard gain. right I mean that's those, the kind of stuff across
1: the middle routes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. he's
0: perfect, and he can take a beating, and that's what I like to see: a receiver who will go out there, who will take, who will take a Vontez Perfect style hit, <laughs> and get up and go right back up there, line right back up, and do it again.
1: Yeah, we and should give him. That... Uh, we should put the eighty-seven on him instead of eighty, so he can be the new Tom Waddle.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I love it. We should do it. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm for it. We yes. should make him change his name. And Start was... a petition. Yes. You know, just... <laughs> Um but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see him come back. Uh, I really hope that they're smart enough to realize what they have in him and realize that maybe he was a uh, ironically, he's a way better receiver, slot receiver, than he yeah. is a kick returner, where the Bears tried to change that around with Devin Hester a while back and make yeah. a really good receiver out of a out of an outstanding kick returner, and boy yeah. did that not work out. No, it did not. <laughs> but I think so. this one can. So maybe they can atone for that.
1: So so those are the free agent targets. Those are the free agents. And you start to wrap things up here. Uh, 2016, uh, or 2015, the Bears had the toughest, based on opponent win-loss records, the toughest schedule in the entire NFL, number one uh, in the league. Uh, I think almost a 600 like, win percentage for the teams that they played uh, this year. Um, going into 2016, based on win-loss records in 2015, the Bears have the third easiest Schedule, the AFC South, the NFC East, the two worst divisions uh, in football, and our in a fourth place schedule yeah. with San Francisco and Tampa Bay being the same place finishers. And I don't. We should with oh, a with a with a home schedule. Sorry, of Jacksonville, Tennessee, Philadelphia, Washington, and San Francisco. If we don't win more than one game next year in Soldier Field, I'm going to blow the place and burn it to the ground.
0: <laughs> uh, that home game stretch has a lot of unknown mm-hmm. in it. We we have the known of our division and then the unknown of the uh of Tennessee Philly San Francisco. Um I'm I'm really I think Green Bay is going to get better obviously Jordan Nelson's going to come back so that'll be that's kind of a if our team of course improves at the same rate that's that could be a toss-up game. Minnesota got the best of us um in Minnesota got the best of us in a game they shouldn't have won this year.
1: No. No.
0: And uh Detroit got away with one as well this year with the no They interception. got away with two
1: this year, man.
0: That's true, but they sh- one more specifically with the interception yeah. thing. And yeah. I think they the Bears can easily they can they can win these home games. They can. They can win the home games. They can I think they can beat Jacksonville because of the stigma that they have on the, for road games. I think they can beat Tennessee. They're just not going to improve enough. I think Philadelphia will be a different... That'll be a, a something just to keep an eye on, depending on where they play them. If they play them early in the year, maybe... If they play the tougher teams... Uh, if they play the tougher teams early, I think that they can beat them. If uh, not, then they're going to have some trouble.
1: Right, and then on the road, it's... A little bit more formidable, but these are definitely teams that are beatable 100%. Dallas, I think, is the, the only team on the schedule outside of our division opponents that really worries me. You got the Giants, new head coach, even though it's the promoted from within, so probably not a whole lot going to change because I think they're even going to keep Spagnola as their defensive coordinator, yep. so they're not really changing anything except Tom Coughlin won't be there. Houston uh, won the division. They, they played strong except for that wild card game where they (laughs) didn't play at all. Uh, And then you have Indianapolis, who was just decimated by injuries uh, uh, this year. Andrew Luck, you know, I don't think he has a spleen anymore with what happened to him and (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. We'll see what happens there. They inexplicably brought Chuck Pagano back and their their, um, GM on top of it. So I don't know what kind of message that sends to the team because they just spent the whole year – talking about how neither one of these guys is going to be back not only are they bringing them back they extended them through the end of the decade which i can't yeah. i just can't fathom that and then <laughs> tampa bay um you know who knows what they're going to be now with lovey gone and and dirt cutter the new head coach and and all that kind of stuff so will it be the third so, year in a
0: row that we play both san francisco and tampa bay
1: uh no just the second
0: Well, this be the third year for this next year will be the 3rd year for Tampa Bay. Second. No, you know
1: what? You're right. You're absolutely right cuz we played them both um in back-to-back back years so far. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. So,
0: uh you say it's the third easiest schedule, which means that it's going to end up being at least in the top 5 toughest. That's yeah. how. Yeah. yeah.
1: Something like that. Sure. Yep. Sure. So, but that's um kind of the look forward that we have there for the for the schedule. On paper, it's the third easiest schedule. So, you know, I mean, who knows what we could have done against that schedule this year? Hmm. You know, it's interesting to think about, um, you know, just I think we definitely would have won more than one stinking home game. That's for sure. So but as uh, as we wrap things up here, Ron, uh, how we met was through you being a listener of that's the correct. show. Yep. So I, I, I bestow the honor upon you of taking part in bear up bear down am i the first you are the first oh you are the first so now i have
0: to really not suck
1: (laughs) (laughs) so i mean i've put a list together here of of the team of the team of the players uh, that i think are worthy of these uh bear up bear down awards and and i always kind of like to start with the bad ones first so we get the bear down uh Mm -hmm. awards out of the way first Mm -hmm. um i don't think there's really any question about these people uh alshon jeffrey Uh, despite his flashes and his production when he was on the field. He was off of it way too much Uh this year, especially in an all-important contract year, in a year that there really wasn't a year where we needed him more, and he wasn't there. Eddie Royal, I lumped him in as well. Antro Roll, you know, it was Antro Roll, Eddie Royal, and Pernod McPhee were our big three free agent signings, and Royal and Roll were never, you know, were always out of of the lineup being banged up uh, as well uh martellus bennett same thing when he wasn't crying to the media about his role in the offense he was (laughs) dropping passes and then he himself got hurt and missed the rest of the season jay ratliff i don't think we need to say anything more about jay ratliff that i didn't (laughs) say earlier this year shay mcclellan we've given a mouthful about him and unfortunately one of my favorite guys on the team and one of the most productive reliable guys robbie gold uh a bear down this year uh, we could have easily had another two or three wins had it not been for whatever the hell was bugging him this three. year. I mean, at least, yeah. At uh, least.
0: A guy that we never gave a second thought to making those kicks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, a guy who in playoff and when playoffs came around was what his name says was solid gold. Yeah. And just I, uncharacteristically this year in back-to-back games. Missed kicks that would have ended it for the Bears, yeah. and yeah. just I—I I, of course was blown away. I'm obviously not as blown away as Vikings fans are right now, but <laughs> and that's my stab. But nice. uh, nice. <laughs> um, I'm—I—I uh, I definitely hope that he bounces back and that they don't make the mistake of using that as his, def- his a career-defining moment and mm-hmm. get rid of him because I yeah. think that he is still one of the best kickers in the NFL. Yeah.
1: And then you added one um, to the bear down list. Go ahead and tell everybody what that is.
0: Um, I added Matt Forte, and a lot of people are not going to like that. Uh, you're going to get a lot of comments, and I'm glad that you let me do it so that it takes the heat off of you, Larry. Um, well,
1: I I didn't put him on the list, Ron. You did, so I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, I actually didn't put him on the bear up list. Right. So he was actually not going to make either one. You wanted to put him on the bear down list. Not necessarily for the way that he played, because when he was playing, he was solid. Mm-hmm. But for another reason altogether. Yeah, his attitude, right?
0: I find uh, a fan base that has, but done nothing but opened up their arms to him, who has they have cherished him as the running back that they that he is, who would never let him go if they had the option. Right. Um, he is our generation's uh, Walter Payton. Mm-hmm. Right now, at mm-hmm. least specifically my generation, just growing up watching the Bears and how badly it, how bad it was after Walter Payton left. Right. Um, but to to see what happened before the season started with the contract issues, I get it. Contract issues happen. I was ha- glad to see him come back to the team. Then, as the the season wound down, he got hurt. I thought to myself, you know, we'd seen a lot of things with the twit with Twitter comments and stuff like that, his attitude about about how much the Bears considered him done or his career over, how much they respected him as a player, how much they respected his play. There was a lot of question about that. There was comments being made that were never verified. He says that he didn't say them, but those comments get out somehow. Right. And I was never a big fan of his attitude in general. And then what solidified it for me was the workhorse jersey in the locker room.
1: Right. So, for those of you who don't know what he's what he's referring to, when the Bears cleaned out their lockers the Monday after the loss to Detroit, um, Matt Forte, the one thing that was left behind in Matt Forte's locker was a t-shirt with the number 22 on it that said Workhorse across the top. That was kind of, in my opinion, either depending on how you want to take it, either a slap in the face or a middle finger to the organization um, by leaving that t-shirt there like that.
0: And I... I said it earlier in the season when he left with injury and you were excited to see what Jeremy Langford was going to do. That yes. was that. That was what everybody wanted to see. What is Jeremy Langford going to do? Cause he had been good in his rotation and mm-hmm. Forte leaves with the, with the injury. And it, instead of there being what seemed to be like a lot of support for Langford, it was still about Matt Forte not being on the field. It was in some of the radio interviews I heard from him. It, the demeanor, his demeanor was kind of, oh, the Bears aren't going to be able to do it without me. And then Jeremy Langford turned out being very good in his absence. And remarkably, a guy that had been completely unable to practice the week before, Jeremy Langford has those back-to-back over 100-yard games.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Matt Forte is suited up, ready to go at 6 a.m. Wednesday morning <laughs> for practice. And I just, I there's there's signs there. Yeah. I understand that maybe that doesn't mean that he should be 100% placed on the bear down. I just think that if this thing is going to end this way, it's sad that it did.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And and I and you know, if if you guys remember, I think it was going into the San Diego game. No, going into the St. Louis game. Um no, yeah, no no, in the, into the St. Louis game after he had that game in, uh, on monday night national television against the chargers when he made that crazy extending the arms diving uh, catch and then he you know he had like 70 80 yards through the ground another 70 through the air that after he did that and he's like man you know the bears didn't miss a step without matt forte all of a sudden he's healthy enough to practice. I made a point to bring that up on the show be like, was anybody surprised to hear that all of a sudden Matt Forte is healthy enough to be practicing, even though he didn't play for another two weeks because he didn't play against St. Louis or um, Denver before he finally played on Thanksgiving night. But, Mm -hmm. you know, was anybody surprised that all of a sudden he's trying to make it work and trying to get himself out there after Jeremy Langford had his breakout game uh, against the – Against the the Chargers on Monday Night Football.
0: Well, you could see it on his face on the sideline. You could. There was. Mm-hmm. A, I can't remember which game it was, but I, I'm pretty sure it was the second game that Langford uh, played very well. And then the announcers. I think that. I think I know what you're talking about. I think I heard the announcers say the Bears didn't seem to really miss a beat with him gone because of Langford. Well, it, it looked- was
1: it was mentioned on the Monday Night game. You know, mm-hmm. especially by John Gruden, mm-hmm. and then it was doubly mentioned the week after in St. Louis, yeah, when he had that eighty-plus yard touchdown reception when the Bears beat the, a team the that screenplay. they shouldn't
0: have even had a shot right. at, at the yeah, time. Yeah, they were
1: supposed to get murdered in St. Louis, and mm-hmm. they blasted the Rams out of the water. Right, and, and Jeremy Langford was a big reason why.
0: And I think, and I think it was that game. I, I th- was it because I'm pretty sure he tra- he traveled on his own and he was on the sideline, and I thought I saw him, and th- he just had a look on his face like, uh oh. Yeah, And so when I listened to your show and you said, you know, that you weren't surprised that he was suiting up the next week, uh, I just kind of chuckled because that's exactly what I thought when I saw his
1: face. Well, because all of his leverage was gone Mm -hmm. after that. You know, it's like, you guys need me. You're going to have to bring me back whether you want to or not. And I'm going to make you pay through the nose and, and sign me for longer than you want to, because you're going to have to. And then Lankford has those two awesome games against San Diego uh, and St. Louis, both on the road. We won both of those games, and you know, especially the St. Louis game, convincingly, and he was a major reason why. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I think I should probably get in practice so I can show them that they still need me. <laughs> yeah. And you know, sure enough, after that, you know, he did miss the Denver game, but he was there front and center, national TV, yep. against the Packers uh, on Thanksgiving night. Yep. So you know, for that reason, I think it's a valid choice, and that's you know, I didn't think of it. That way, I just thought maybe he played too well to be on the Bear Down list, but that's definitely a good reason uh, to have him on the, the Bear Down list for sure, especially like if you said, that's the way it ends. If we don't end up bringing him back and he doesn't. We don't get to shove that t-shirt back up his ass for putting it up there. <laughs> um, then you know that is that is just. I just think it's just a, such a low class way to go out mm-hmm. if that's how it ends. I mean, you know, and petty. I know there were. It's petty you know, there Yeah, exactly. There were people out there. that were kind of like, yeah, you tell them, Matt. You know, they they don't appreciate you, and blah blah blah. The fans appreciate him. We've all know?
0: appreciated him, and I yeah. will. I, despite my feelings about how this this last year has gone. I will always look at as at him as a, a Chicago Bear. No matter what happens, I don't care if he plays another 6 years in the league yeah. and on another team or on 10 other teams, he's still a Chicago Bear and yeah. I would be I would not at not even for a second be against them retiring his number or whatever. But yeah. it I just like I said, I would hate to see it in that way.
1: Yeah. So moving on to the Bear up list, um the first guy on the list will say for last just because <laughs> um, but we got um, Jeremy Langford, definitely earned it easily. Um, uh, Eddie Goldman, mm-hmm. absolutely, um, and Adrian Amos. Those are our three draft choices. Horonus Grasu was not a bear up or a bear down, so we'll just uh, you know he gets a passing grade for the season, mm-hmm. but we're not going to pin a medal on his chest this year. Yeah, uh, Pernell McPhee was our was our top of the line free agent signing this year. Definitely delivered. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't the leader in sacks, but he was definitely a leader on the field. I thought it said a ton, a ton. This is a guy new to the team, was voted by his teammates as a captain, having only been on the team for literally like five weeks mm-hmm. after, after training camp. I thought that meant huge. And, you know, he was a leader through the media. He played well on the field. If he could just been healthy throughout the year, I think he probably would have had a much bigger impact than he did. But I definitely look at McPhee as being a huge Uh, success in his first year in Chicago Lamar Houston I think you just got to give the guy a bear up just because he didn't re-injure himself when he's you know (laughs) there was no celebrations
0: this year yeah I mean he had
1: (laughs) he 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 only had eight sacks but that was good enough to lead the team uh, Willie Young, uh, I, I I especially love Willie Young. This is a guy who, behind closed doors, or so the rumor was, was asking for a trade after they got rid of uh, Jared Allen uh, and everything. He wasn't comfortable at the outside linebacker position. This is a guy that won't even say that's the position he plays. Yeah, Made that man his much, money right there. Yeah, that's how adamant he is that he's not <laughs> an outside linebacker. He won't even call himself one. But he had another six sacks, six and a half, whatever it was, so he uh, answered the call again. Uh Tracy Porter, you know, I think he was a bigger surprise this year than people thought he was going to be. Uh Zach Miller, obviously, got to give one up to him. Mm-hmm. If if for nothing that catch he made in San Diego, that one-handed well, I'm just going to pull the ball out of the sky catch that he made for the touchdown was well, insane. Well, in the back-to-back games. Well,
0: with, yeah. two, with two touchdowns. Yeah. The St. <laughs>
1: Louis the St. Louis game that he had there too. Uh Matt Lawson, who I thought was our most consistent offensive lineman mm-hmm. um this year uh, mark mariani for all the reasons that we talked to about before jarvis jenkins he was the guy he didn't he play in all 16 games this um, year you know for what possibly. the defensive line <laughs> was supposed to be and what it ended up being jarvis jenkins being the guy that was there from beginning to end was definitely not how the bears wrote it up going no. into the year but he was there he was actually we didn't get a sack in the first two games of the year he got the first sack of the year and got the defense uh, rolling in that game against uh uh seattle uh so i wanted to give him a bear up for the year uh john timu and jonathan anderson we talked about them uh earlier and then you know just for the improvement that we saw in 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 how the coaching level rose uh, you know and how we could see and and for vic fangio we didn't quite get the consistent results that we wanted, but we didn't get smoked the way that yeah. we did against Mel Tucker. Our guys at the very least, whether or not they were able to make the play they needed to be, they were where they needed to be so that the Bears just didn't get decimated by their opponents. You know, there were no 55 to 7 national TV d- atrocities like we had against Green Bay last year, like we were talked about before outside of our shutout since the shutout loss to seattle and the 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 bad game that we had in minnesota every other game was down to the wire uh single digit finishes win or lose so the defense did its job to at the very least keep the bears in the game
0: i mean and he uh is definitely one of the reasons why packers fans were about ready to jump without a parachute this (laughs) year man (laughs) yeah i I (laughs) love
1: talking about that dude that was so much fun to talk about when I did the review episode, they're out. at rock bottom. I, oh, I'll never man. forget
0: that. I'll never forget yeah. that headline. That yeah, was amazing. That was,
1: that was awesome. So, and then obviously we throw John Fox and Adam Gase uh, in there as well. And then the two guys on the list that we didn't talk about yet. The first one was Kyle Long, and you know I know that that I that he made the Bear Down list a couple times this year. Um, two three games in a row he gave up a sack where Cutler probably fumbled the ball or it the the sack that he gave up kill the promising drive that kind of thing but f- for all the good that he did this year that Denver game especially I think was his shining moment where von Miller one of the premier pass rushers in this league was not heard from for the majority of the football game because that's who he was going head to head with for the most of the for most of that game I think speaks to the improvement that he made throughout the year he had that rough year week r- that rough game week one against um peppers again in green bay and then just slowly but surely improved and the thing about it is when you're a tackle your mistakes are going to be glaringly more apparent than they would if you were a guard yes because because you're getting beat off the edge by that guy that comes out by himself and so on and so forth that it isn't really as apparent as it is on the interior as it is on the outside So, I mean, that's why it kind of looked like, you know, some people probably think I'm nuts or like how people could vote Kyle Long back into the Pro Bowl uh, kind of thing. It's for all the things that we didn't notice because, you know, most of the time if you're hearing about the offensive linemen, that is a bad thing. That is a bad thing. These are guys that would would rather be invisible as far as they're concerned, would rather you not know who they were, what their names are, or anything like that because that means they're doing their jobs.
0: And. I was not a huge fan of him moving to tackle. Um, I went back, I reviewed, I reviewed some of the plays, looked at some of the things. And when you really look back at the schedule, Jay Cutler should be dead. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you think about Kyle Long gave up sacks here and there that maybe stalled drives, maybe caused fumbles, maybe caused a turnover, that happens. But in all honesty, when you look at the defenses and what those defenses were doing to other teams, Jay Cutler should have been in pieces on that football field and it wasn't. And you brought up yeah. the Denver game. That was one I was going to bring up. I mean, there's no way that I, I know that they lost that one, but Jay Cutler should have been killed in that one. Yeah. And wasn't. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then finally, speaking of Jay Cutler, the reason I saved him for last, it's not a best for last thing, um, you know, but actually it kind of is. Yeah. You know, he was the best player on the team this year, easily. The MVB, the most valuable bear uh, in 2015, because without him, we saw what our (laughs) go back to Seattle and the second half of the Arizona game and the entire Seattle game. See what the offense would have been without Jay Cutler uh, this year. And you put him back in there, you know, on one leg against uh, against Oakland and all of a sudden we're, we get first downs we're in the end zone we're winning this game against Oakland the week after the fourth quarter comeback at Kansas City and so on throughout the rest of the year
0: you as a bears fan nothing infuriates me more than listening to people talk about Jay Cutler quitting in a NFC championship game oh my god 6 I, years ago
1: <laughs> against oh man
0: against the green bay packers yeah because if you watch what he endured in yeah. some of those f- first few seasons in Chicago. I mean, wasn't he – I think he was in top five sacked quarterback in three straight years.
1: Easily, yeah.
0: And then to challenge – if anybody wants to say he's not tough, then they can They, I'll, – I'll drop him off in the Pacific. That's fine. <laughs> because there's no way with the injury that he had It was he was supposed to be gone four to six weeks. Came back Mm -hmm. after missing one game, one or one and a half games. Yeah, and played and won. And this he didn't miss a
1: snap for the rest of the year. And he showed,
0: he showed that he was there to show every other player that gets hurt that I'm going to be here. You're not going to get rid of me. And if I can do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And he did it. And I, I'm just—I'm really impressed by that. And it really quieted a lot of the uh, it ga- and it gave me fuel for to combat those those conversations. Sure. When people people say, "Oh, he quits. He's just—he's soft." Really? Because <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure you know, Patriots fan, that Tom Brady doesn't really play his best when his offensive line doesn't play well. I mean, I think we've seen that this year. Yep. I think we've seen what happens when um, when Aaron Rodgers doesn't have an offensive line to protect him.
1: Yeah, when Drew Brees doesn't have an offensive line to protect him, it's it all goes to hell.
0: Yep. So did all of them quit? No. Yeah. So. Right. Yep. I, I just get a, I get pretty irritated by that, and and I'm sure that now I'll get comments about oh, I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm sure somebody will go on twitter and be like jay cutler is a, a schmuck or whatever you yeah know.
1: <laughs> ron at football is <footballisamerica.com>. so <laughs> if, for your comments your concern your hate mail <laughs> ron at football is go ahead and throw it out there and uh you know <laughs> we'll see what happens there so but ron uh thanks so much uh for coming back we're gonna go ahead and uh you know wrap up here uh 2015 uh season if, if if nothing else you know it was exciting you know being in the games uh the single digit wins and losses uh and everything and it you know i believe as i'm sure you do that the the future for 2016 is is a lot brighter than it was going into uh 2015 and that um we have the right people leading the charge and we've got places uh, we got pieces uh to build on and uh you know it's not gonna suck being a Bear fan for much longer. I, I I I think that's uh I think that's a certainty.
0: I uh no. I'm 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 very excited about what's what's to come. This season gave everybody that's a Bears fan hope. And I'm I just now I just wanna fast forward. Can I can we just go to sleep? I'm just gonna oh, go to sleep and I'm gonna wake up in July, I would, okay?
1: I would just love to. I absolutely <laughs> would. Would love to fall asleep and you know, and, and maybe wake up, you know, for a few minutes in April. You need to get yourself uh, an intern, Larry. Tell them to build yeah.
0: build you a time machine.
1: There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. So, I mean, you know, wake wake me up for the draft, you know, and then go back to sleep. Wake me up when uh, when training camp is wrapping up, you know. That's you because know, nobody wants to watch those first two uh, preseason games. And, right. You know, wake me up for the dress rehearsal, and we'll 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 go from there. So. <laughs> So, so anyway, Ron, thanks so much uh, Absolutely. for coming back. Uh, you can hear Ron and myself on the Football is America uh, podcast. And, Ron, tell us where we can find that.
0: Uh, you can go to footballisamerica.com. Our website has all the podcasts there. Uh, you can also check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, all of the podcasting platforms. Just search for Football is America. We're on Facebook, Twitter, at FBIA Podcast. And just basically, if you search for us on any social media platform, you'll find us. We're there. <laughs>
1: So, and, uh, you know, we'll see what uh, what we here at the Chicago Bears Review do uh, in the off offseason. Um, definitely want to try to be a bit more active than I have been uh, in the past just because with the guests and everything that we've had on the show, I've just had way more fun doing the show this year than I have. Not that the show hasn't been fun, but I've had way more fun this year having different people on the show and especially having the fans from the other fan bases uh, come on and, and uh, talk about their teams. Uh, with us so definitely want to figure out how to stay more active during the during the off season and who we can bring on and and for what reason and and so on and so forth so um stay tuned to our facebook page um to stay you know to keep up to date or on twitter as to when it is i'll be coming back uh you know maybe a maybe a pre-free agency show or something like that and and everything uh, in between. So uh, keep your eyes open. We will be back. We will not be gone for long. But until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Chicago Bears Review. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're driven
0: by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed